Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Magic of the FA Cup, eh? Still, there's still a uh, the league we can concentrate on. Oh, hang on. Yeah, very good evening, and welcome to Charlton Live. We're back in the studio again to. Uh, Mull over, drag over the coals of yesterday's um, two undefeat weather culture in the FA Cup third round, and alongside me in the studio joining us um, is Tom Wallen, of course. Tom, you're very welcome. Evening, Terry. And uh, another Charlton Live Virgin. We've got another one we're breaking in. Lewis Cat Lewis, uh, you're very welcome. Hello, Terry. And uh, we will be talking, of course, uh, about uh, yesterday, but there's plenty more, I think, uh, that uh, not just uh, we want to talk about, but I'm sure you do too. Join us, if you will. Uh, on Charlton Live 
You can tweet us and you can email us. We'll give you all the contact details uh, very shortly indeed if you haven't already got them. But I suppose, yes, I know we've got to do it. And I don't want to do it, but I'm afraid it's necessary. We're going to have to uh, just have a quick listen to the highlights of yesterday, if you can call them that. That's Taze in front of us warming up as Jason Yule and Carol Fry just both make their way to the touchline. Fry there standing, one hand in his pocket. So throwing comes down the line and flicked on for Moncler. He's going to run the ball over to that right-hand side and Massey over the, into the Charlton Hart. Tries to through ball and it's deflected into the path of Marvin Sordell and there's space for Colchester into the box here. One-on-one, it's going to be a left-footed finish and Colchester take the lead through George Moncler. It's the first time Moncler could get the ball onto his left side. He was attacking down the Charlton right and uh, he's uh, got in front of the Charlton fans to celebrate. That's intelligent. And uh, it's... Um, it allowed him, because he was on the right side of the penalty area, to cut back in on his left. And once he'd done that, it was uh, an easy finish, really, that Pope had no chance of stopping. So once again, Chum find themselves behind in the game. This time, it's the FA Cup here. 28 and a half minutes gone nearly at the Western Homes Community Stadium. Chum training Colchester by a goal to nil. Second bottom of League One play second bottom of league uh, of the championship and once again as you could probably hear from the Charlton fans there's a protest behind the goal yes it uh, yeah, had been brewing before the goal it's in full full vocal splendour now he's so, on the ball now he's going to play over to that left hand side and Cabellas Cabellas up against Massey he's forced to go back to Charles Cook towards the halfway line and now Poyet Inside the Charlton half, Charlton still with men forward though, and this ball over to the right-hand side where Morgan Fox is on the wrong side really for him. He's going to cut back onto his left and flick the ball over towards the far side where McKeelock's making the run. The keeper comes out to punch it towards the edge of the box. Low shot from Sabayas oh, off the post. post. And out put behind for a frame. Good ball from Poye looking for Fox. Can he take his man on? He's got Musa alongside him, but he goes back to Poye. Poye in the centre circle. Musa out to the left. He's playing almost a left back almost with Fox in front of him. Steps inside, chip ball, looking for the run of uh, Vettikali, it's gone beyond him, and Colchester can clear. Moncur will pick it up in the centre circle, cuts back inside, looks oh. for the run, oh, and he's got past Saar, as Sordell into the penalty area, and that's number two. Nobody picked up the run of Sordell at all. Yeah, you can see, it. we're looking exactly along the line here. Roger Johnson stayed back, and Navi Saar tried to go forward to play him offside. Complete lack of communication between the two defenders, as you'd very much expect, unfortunately, with the way we've been defending this season, and Colchester get their second. And obviously, you... Uh, we said before it was written that Marvin Sordell was going to score, and sure enough, he did. It was a it was can't be, finish. It was a can't finish. Can't one finish, one. but when you put it on a plate, <laughs> as that ball was, with Naby Saar hopelessly out of position, I think I'd have finished that. I'd have bet myself to finish that. I'm not sure you would have had the pace to get me on the the the, for, the, the uh, rear. Well, having said that, the way we've defended, you probably would, to be honest, because <laughs> you know we've been a disgrace once again today. Unfortunately, the defence. It's just, it looks so it looks so bad every time, and it's uh, yeah, like I say, it was miscommunication. And uh, Roger Johnson was staying in the line. Naby Sar clearly went forward about five yards to try and play him offside. Uh, Roger Johnson stayed with his man, which gave Sordell all the time in the world to run into the, the edge of the penalty box and just finish low beyond uh, beyond Nicky Pope. And you know the Charlton fans are getting restless behind the guys you'd expect, and I think there's going to be one hell of a reaction at half time. There'll be a Charlton throw in. Minute and a half play to this added time, just over. Scoop's had enough. That's tight. Gets the ball into the box. Kashelis over the header, and it's there. 
Shenajed gets a goal back for Charlton and we have an interesting two minutes left well here we go it's two minutes left Rosaku Shenajed's headed one into the back of the net uh, Shenajed this could be the most unexpected comeback since we beat Huddersfield 7-6 <laughs> it was a lovely cross from Vastate and Shenajed rose above everybody else and steered his head out into the top left hand corner and uh, well I, I'm hesitating to uh, see any glimpse of light but uh, you, uh, well, there's well, there's life, there's hope, and all that malarkey. There's uh, Cole just to ping the ball forward and just really give it straight away. back to us. So here we go. There's uh, a minute and a half, judging by my watch. Right, everybody forward, boys. Let's <laughs> uh, play that cover. It's given Charlton yeah. a lifeline. The, the coveted 4-2-4 formation we tried for a little while at Bristol City. <laughs> what? What's the referee done here? Oh, he's given a foul throw. He's given a foul throw against Morgan Fox because he took it from where? He took it from too far away from the line, mate. How does that work? Is that a rule? Yeah. Well, that's taken the sting out of the comeback. Naby Sarr jumps, gets something on it, oh. but uh, the header goes there harmlessly goes. wide, and that's it. We're all over. Charlton with a last-minute consolation because Shanajed can't stop. The Addicts going out of the FA Cup, being dumped out by low league, league one opposition. And the travelling fans, 1,600 or 1,500 plus of them, over to our left. Scarf being thrown onto the pitch. Voicing their displeasure. Yeah, showing sure. their displeasure by chucking a scarf on a pitch. It's not been a happy day for the visiting addicts. They're not uh, at all surprised with their reaction. Regrettably, guys, it's a performance that left a lot to be desired, especially in the first half. Uh, understatement of the century, I think I just come out with there. Uh, yes, a lot to be desired. And uh, apologies to everybody for having to um, put you through those uh, um, highlights again. But uh, it's, it needs must and all that. Uh, you were there, Lewis. Fortunately for you, Tom, you weren't. Executive decision uh, made early. Doesn't necessarily, but there were eighty. I mean, what a what a magnificent effort by the eighteen hundred that, that actually did win in current circumstances. Oh yeah, that was an absolutely stonking travelling support, by the way. Um, but. Um, it was just woeful, wasn't it? I mean, you know, sometimes you can. There are little glimmers of, of hope you can cling to, you know, with it all. But you know, when we're bad, but maybe Lookman's put in a great performance, or somebody's put in, you know, they're just just nothing at all. No, I mean, it was really hard for me, especially from where I was in the stand amongst the supporters and stuff, to actually pick any sort of positive from that game or from any player's performance. Really, there wasn't really one burst on the pitch I could look at and think, well, you know, they tried, they're unlucky there. Um, it was just a little bit heartless and you can see it amongst the supporters now the, the belief is going and what little belief that there was is is completely vanishing in my eyes anyway from from being amongst people and talking to people coming out of the stadium and it's it's, it's a sad state really um, from from a club that's so proud and in, in getting behind the players when, when the times are tough it's, it's a little bit difficult to get behind them at the moment I feel no question, and uh, emails are already flying in, and so are so are your tweets. And, and thank you for that, uh, Charlton, um, Charlton Live uh, at Charlton Live is obviously the Twitter account. If you want to, if you want to post your tweets, uh, studio at charltonlive.co.uk. If you want to send uh, an email, and, and there are plenty of them, we'll get we'll get through them as quick as we can. But uh, I mean, one of the we were talking off air um, while the highlights were going because we didn't want to listen to them basically. Uh, and um, I, one, I, I felt sorry for Reagan Charles Cook because I thought he'd been thrown in there. He did a shift, you know, he put the effort in, but hopelessly uh, unsupported. And, um, yeah, uh, I agree. I mean, his right-back's not even his natural position, is it? I think he's a... Is right it, midfield. Yeah, that's it. And I thought that, you know, he, he looks threatening and he, he takes people on, which is something 
I look amongst our squad and I don't I don't see many wingers now that we have that can comfortably go at a player. It seems that we, we get the ball and we're static and we seem to want to walk it up the pitch. Um but, you know, Reagan he he came in and he he's tried that. He's tried to take on uh, you know, the Colchester players on that side and he's had Musa on the side with him. Uh, you know, he, he again he tried. He I mean he set the goal up and everything like that, but um on the other side, I, mean, I thought Caballos had an okay first half, but you can tell he's not quite match fit yet. Um, and, and Foxy, who I think is a little bit lazy at points in terms of the overlap and seems to... Getting be, forward. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it, it's something that he just doesn't seem to want to do or just doesn't quite grasp. Or, no. I don't know. I mean, I, as a defender, I rate him a lot, but uh, going forward, less so. Yeah, um, And again, we made, I, I made a point uh, before that we seem to have this um, uh, technique, if, for want of a better word, uh, where... Um, Mackinock and um, Reza would come short for balls from Fox or Poirier, um, who were both quite defensive-minded anyway, which yeah. which doesn't help us going forward, of course. We had Sabias there, who you would hope to be the, the linchpin. But what seemed to be happening was you'd want Sabias then making the run behind the two. As as either Mackinock or Reza came short, you'd expect either Sabias and or, and maybe uh, your, your uh, left and right backs to then try and fill that so hole that's vacated. Them, yeah. We didn't do it once, I don't think. Not no, once. It seems to be completely misunderstood between... The midfield and the and the two strikers, whoever they may be at the time, whether it's you know Mackinac, Reza, uh, Vaste, whoever, it seems to just be that once they get the ball to them, that's as far as it goes. Like there's no more, no one will make the effort to go to get in behind and threaten it. That just seems a little bit like everyone's on a different wavelength, where everyone's playing their own game rather than a team game, and it's it's so frustrating to see because it's from where we are, you look at it and you think that's completely simple, um, but it doesn't seem to be put into effect, which. It's gutting. Uh, yeah, I mean, we made it was it, it got slightly better when um, when Williams uh, Vazte perhaps came on because we looked to have slightly more about us uh, yeah, both I mean, at the back end going forward. I, I but that's I, I about it. But was that because Colchester thought, well, we've done this now? We don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, let, let's let, let's put this into perspective, guys. They are. I think they've got the worst defensive record in all the leagues. They've bar lost, none. Lost nine in ten. Yeah. They? The only last. The only cup. The only games they've won is the cup. Yeah. The two games in the cup prior to this. It's, it's so you're thinking, it, it, there's just nothing there that you think you can... How? I mean, look, we've had bad times before, don't get me wrong, and, and I think, I'm guessing probably this is worse because of the situation that we find ourselves in as a club and, and as a supporter base. Um, you know, losing to Northwich Victoria on the telly um, <laughs> was, was pretty low, and we've had low ones. Uh, and, and our forays into the FA Cup are fairly patchy at best, so... It's not about that, is it, really? Uh, I mean, it, it makes it worse because of the microscope we're in. This, this low runs much further than this one defeat. This is just one part of, of everything that's going on. And, uh, yeah, what was what was different about those other ones is when we lost to North Fitchett Tour, it's, it's a bit of a surprise and you're gutted, but it's a surprise and this didn't come as a shock to me at all. It, like I say, they've lost 9 in 10. They're 23rd in the division below us. You know, whatever state we're in, we should have enough players to go there and win this game, and we can't even do that. And I wasn't that surprised about it at all. And, um, no, sadly not. <laughs> um, and in isolation, the, the you know, a losing to a, a lower league side in the FA Cup is something that happens. Uh, it's happened today. You know, yeah. it, it can happen. Mm-hmm. That's that's what the FA Cup does. Um, but um, it's 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 about a lot more than that. I think uh, as um, as supporters, the eighteen hundred, pretty much all. Um, uh, testament to to them that they, um, I mean, it was um, the first goal. When once the first goal went in, there was only one route they were going down, and you yeah. can understand that. But uh, even before that, of course, that, you know, they were there to support the side, obviously. And uh, and prior to uh, to the first goal going in, I think um, no problems. But um, 
yeah, it was never going to, you know, and I sympathise sometimes with the players where, you know, it's difficult to get going when you've got, you know, uh, people at your back, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, it's, um, that's not necessarily, the, well, it's not the fans' fault. You know, they're, they're faced with a dilemma uh, of what to do and uh, vo- voicing their disapproval is the best way they can. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it is the way we looked at the game yesterday and the reason I think we took such a following is one, because, you know, we have we have a really good fan base. We, we're known for getting behind our players and behind the club at the 20 times are tough. But it was also because, I mean, me personally, I saw that game as... You know, completely winnable, and it being maybe a, not a turning point, but a boost in confidence to the squad because you know it doesn't affect our league position, which we know is dreadful. But it, it's just the mood around the camp. You know, getting a win under some of those players like Mackinock, who's had a really tough time and he's had fans on his back and whatever. It would it would be a good boost in confidence, I feel, for the entire squad to you know then go on and take that into the league and think you know what we can get out of this mess. We've got good enough players to do it. Um, but they just didn't take the the chance to do it. They look completely outplayed by Colchester, and you know you can't even give you can't disrespect well, Colchester at all. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> not at all. I mean, yeah, again, we said before, they, it's not as if um, we battered them and they had to you know batten down the hatches and uh, and repel borders or any of that. Yeah. Like, I mean, they, they just they were better than us for most of the game. Yeah, I mean, you look at it and you think you know, in a, in hindsight, they're in a you know in a very similar situation to us in the division below, and. You wouldn't looking at the the performance they turned out yesterday. You wouldn't think that they would be where they are in that division, and they've obviously taken it as you know. There's no pressure with the underdogs here. Let's go into this game and see what we can do. And they completely outplayed us. And I can see them now taking that into their league form and you know getting out of the trouble they're in. Which you know hopefully they do because I think they deserve to after that performance. But it's a shame that we can't replicate that in any way. And it's so basically, they they can use it as a springboard, and we're going to use it as a submarine. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, effectively, as an anchor. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's um, let's hear what Carl uh, uh, Fry had to say after that defeat. Yes, I think that was Colchester United's first win in eleven attempts. Clearly, a poor result. What about the performance? We were second best in the first half. Very poor defending on the goals. We were not good. In the second half, two 0 down. We take a lot of uh, risks. Try to score. And then uh, you know you can be exposed on the counter-attack. And uh, yeah, we had some possibilities to score, but the, the goal was too late for us to get a, to come home with a result. Why were you so poor, particularly in the first half? That was clear. We were not uh, sharp enough. We we put out the team, which normally should be strong enough to beat Colchester, and they were not. Almost 2,000 travelling fans here. What would you say to them after that display, particularly in the first half? It was not good. That's what I said. Do you understand their anger and their frustration? I uh, can understand that supporters, the situation we are in now on the bottom, now first round in a winnable game, uh, that we, and we don't manage to do it. Of course, they are, they are frustrated. There were two new players in the team, Johnson and Poirier. To what extent did you, were you involved in their recruitment? Sorry? Were you involved in the, uh, the signing of the two players that were making their second debuts for the Addicts today? Yes. And are you looking to bring in more now? We will see. It's the uh, start of January and we will see what, uh, what is possible. Your position is interim manager. The Charlton Athletic supporters are asking for a substantive manager. Do, do you think that's a change that should be made? I think that's the board uh, who decides. It must make your position very difficult, though. No, my, my position is uh, as it always was. 
do you feel that you've got the backing of the players? And Because there seemed particularly in the first half to be a lack of drive and heart from those players. If you saw the second half, then you would not say this. I am 100% sure that the players are backing me, otherwise I would not be here. You clearly had more possession in the second half. Was that because Colchester were happy with their two-goal advantage, or was it because what was said at half-time? I think it's we always should have more possession when we play against Colchester. Obviously, the, uh, t the priority is ch survival in the championship, and it's a massive game now against Huddersfield. How difficult will it be to lift those players after such a devastating result today? I think they all know uh, the importance of every game. It's not only uh, away Huddersfield, it's away uh, uh, Hull, it's hard home Blackburn, and it continues till the end of the season. We are in the situation we are in now, and this battle will not stop uh, in the next two weeks. Do you assume that you'll be in charge for that game against Huddersfield? Again, I give the same answer. It's not up to me. It's the board to decide. I am here from week to week, and I know uh, but that the title is not important for me. It's interim, okay, and it's up to, up to the board to make the decisions. Thank you very much. Carol, um, the, the first half performance, as, as you said, it, it wasn't great. I mean, who, who takes responsibility for that? Do the players take responsibility for that, or, do, or does the manager have to take responsibility for that? When things go bad, it's always one responsible, and that's the manager. And when things are good, maybe, maybe the manager is one of the reasons. Yeah, it looked like there was a knock to Jordan Cousins in, in, the, in the first half. Any update on, on that injury yet? Looks, looks not, doesn't look good. Um, with uh, the players bringing in, looks like we go one step forward, two, two steps backward, backwards. We bring in Poyet and we lose Cousins and we lose Alou. We bring in Johnson and we lose Bauer. So for the moment we are not stepping forward. And Carol, um, you say this, is, this defeat is the lowest moment in your career so far as a manager? Every defeat is the lowest moment. We never want to lose. Not this one, not the way in Hull, not the way in Huddersfield. So every defeat is as hard to take. Do you see your position as untenable? untenable? Sorry? Do you see your position as untenable after this defeat to I don't understand the question. Do you still think you can carry on and do a job here? If I, would, if I would think it is impossible, I would not stand here. Thank you. Carol Fry, after uh, yesterday's uh, 2 one defeat in Colchester, uh, rushing home to find out what untenable means. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't laugh. Uh, we've got loads of, uh, of emails flying, in, and I might have to do these in, in different orders because uh, we've got a couple of emails um, about the general situation. Well, not more, more than a couple, I beg your pardon. Uh, but I want to try and uh, let's get the, the actual game details out of the way first. We, had, uh, we got uh, Dwayne Sheen. Uh, it's, it, it, he did this during the game, actually. Firstly, I'm proper 100% Charlton. I'm glad we're losing because I don't want these owners to have any success at our club. We don't want them here anymore. They're just no good for us. Uh, they've killed the heart and soul of the club. I don't care what Richard Murray says about them. Uh, I'm starting to proper dislike him as well. Uh, he said on the website the owner underestimated the politics player quality needed for the championship then he goes on to say we as we are taking as he means um, as well but uh, surely he knows the championship and what level of player is needed I reckon he's saying it because he doesn't want it to sound like he's just blaming the owner but I don't reckon the owner listens to Murray and he's just saying uh, we because he doesn't want to fall out of them I'll be sending a better email later maybe ready for your show tomorrow even so we'll look forward to that Dwayne if, uh, if you do um Ken Sinyob was at the, at the game yesterday. He said, dear, oh dear, I had the misfortune to go to the game yesterday uh, and the performance was, to say, the least inept and lacking in quality. With probably the exception of Pope, only a couple of players came over with any credit at all, Pope being the standout. 
Yeah, he did make some crucial saves, so apparently. Yeah. And we could have been 4-0 down at half-time, no question. Uh, sorry to say, but Colchester couldn't should have won this by a couple more goals. Oh, there we are. At one time, the players looked so static, it seemed to have no ideas and lacked urgency and passion. The chant of you're not fit to wear the shirt, although harsh, did ring true as it echoed around the ground. The buck stops with the coach, in brackets interim. Taxi for KM or his transport, the laundry van. Sad days indeed. Um, it wasn't the laundry van, I've got to be honest. It was definitely a minibus I was there. Uh, <laughs> but it wasn't the laundry van. Uh, but we'll get on to that in a minute because uh, obviously there are uh, things that have happened today and rumours that are flying around. So we'll, uh, we'll get to all of those as and when we can. Uh, Matt Riggs has emailed us in again thanks mate hi guys I was at the Colchester game and coincidentally was sat next to Patrick Bauer who was in the stands among the fans with the player liaison officer when Sordell made it 2-0 the shrug Patrick responded with to a question of what do you make of this Patrick said it all it was uh, a complete embarrassment of a performance which only further proved Carroll's inability to manage the team at this level his tactical decisions were bizarre and although he's only a product of this falling, uh, failing regime uh, not the man to blame. He needs to get out of South East London as quickly as possible. It's sad to hear other fans around you saying, I'd rather lose 5 0 if we're going to lose, but then uh, there you go. That's our chart with these naive, pathetic, and damaging people in charge. Why have I got a ticket for Hull next week? Uh, cheers. Uh, good, keep up the good work, uh, Chart Live, Louis and Co. Uh, yeah, Louis's got a day off, so uh, I'm afraid you're stuck with me. Uh, and that's from Matt Riggs. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate that. Um, well, uh, there are so many to go through here. It's, it, it might take us a while. Uh, are you covering the teach, Tom, or can I? Or shall I pick them up later? Yeah, go for them if um, you want. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll read a few more emails. What we'll try and do, guys, is, um, is um, read the emails that uh, relate to the game first, and then uh, from about, uh, I don't know, maybe another five or ten minutes or so, we'll, we'll talk about the general situation, because obviously it needs, uh, it needs discussing. Um, there, uh, continue on this, uh, Matt Reese Culture, heartbreaking from Chris Tavern. Evening people, love the show, thank you. Um, each week we sink to a new depth, it's heartbreaking, I'm waiting for some Beatle type character to jump out and say it's all a scam. Uh, completely outplayed by Colchester United, a team with a record as bad as ours and a division below. We put out a pretty strong team featuring our saviour Poye, um, and experienced enough co- <laughs> cough, Roger Johnson. Neither seem to cover themselves in glory, the latter we are stuck with for 18 months. The other happy to return to West Ham's eighth team come May. All we have left is hope, uh, though there's not much of that left. I'm sick of it, and still the fastest is Mr. Fry is still in his job. The loonies are running the asylum, and that's from uh, Chris Davin. Thank you, Chris. Paul Williams uh, emails in. Thank you, Paul. Just a few evening team, just a few points, and a question. Uh, the cup result was not a shock to anyone. The same old uh, odd selections and even stranger substitutions proves what we all know, that uh, KF, the full-time one, as I'm sure he is, the club just won't announce it, the way out of his depth, not his fault, that's uh, uh, the owners, as we all know. After all that's gone on since Roland uh, took over, more so the past two weeks, in my opinion, will have the, the valley taken from under us. I really hope I'm wrong, but the more I think about it, the more I can't see any other reason to run a club like this, not caring what league we are really in. With moving the ground, that's where he'll make his money. What with the crossrail coming and he can build, it won't matter to him with what league we're in. Build a smaller stadium down the road, like the way MK Dons did, and then have more seats if you progress. I feel the money spent on the valley so far is a smokescreen, so n- not to expect the worst. Also, is it true the club shop is to be knocked down and flats built at the end of the season? Uh, thanks for what you do. Great shows. All the best from uh, from Paul Williams. Uh, we'll try and get on to some of those issues later on. Um, uh, there, there are lots there to talk about. Uh, Bob Lipscomb's emailed us in. Thank you, Bob. Evening all. As it appears, Roland doesn't want to sell the club, apparently, uh, if we're, what we're told by Richard Murray. RD knows uh, he has made mistakes and he must end both Catherine and Carol contracts. Catherine and Carol have absolutely no right to retain their positions as both have become untenable. Oh, he's used it as well. In fact, both should do the decent thing and resign. It would be a miracle if we stay up. 
If we have a network head coach, then so be it. Get Riga back. Oh, does he know? However, if RD wants to get the fans back on side, then I suggest he rings Chris Powell first thing tomorrow morning. Uh, Chris had publicly stated that he would possibly return if asked. So what is he, what's RD waiting for? Chris may not save us from relegation, but he's the right person to rebuild the club that you, he, and I love. Uh, thanks, Bob. Um, yeah, we'll get on to that rumour about uh, Joseph Riga a bit later <laughs> this uh, surface from uh, from Rich, wasn't it? I think from yeah, the South London Press. Yeah. Um, so we'll get to that later. Um, so before we, um, before, and there are more emails, and I'll get to get to some of those, uh, some more of these uh, shortly. But um, the game yesterday, um, again, we were talking off air, and, and I think one, um, there are a couple of things. One, the, one I want to ask um, uh, Lewis because because uh, he was there. Uh, I had a bit of a discussion with Louis yesterday when we were commentating, when uh, we got a several corners in the second half, which we didn't get many of. Uh, and there was some loud cheering from uh, the 1,800 or so fans uh, from behind the goal. And I said, uh, oh, a little bit of sarcasm from the fans there. Lou was adamant that it was, no, 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 no. It was the fans getting behind the boys to try and stir us to get them back into the game. I still don't believe it. Go on. It was definitely sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of... Um... And, and by the way, I get it, 100%. Oh, I'd yeah, have yeah. done the same. It was uh, lots of fans cheering like we just won, uh, like we won the FA Cup every time we got a corner. It was... Um... Yeah, no, it was sarcastic. It just shows there's not, there's not much hope to cling on to, is there, uh, during a game like that. Yeah, there were other chances as well, which I was, uh, which gone that you were saying about um, uh, that the, the fans were coming up with uh, as the as we sort of delved further into depression. Yeah, yeah we had a few about uh, what did we have? We had a, we had a block, which is a new one, which is a, you know must be the the next edition of we had a shot. That one came out again as well. Um, it's, it's just poor, isn't it? Really, <laughs> it's just that, when that's it's, what, it's, uh, what is it? Siege mentality, isn't it? It's uh, gallows humour and all that. It's, it's yeah, what you what really you cling to towards the end as as things get really bad. Yeah, it was just a case like you know what we're in this situation. Let's just let's have a laugh. Uh, Sue's just <laughs> private messaging me. I can't read that out, Sue. Sorry, uh, <laughs> but uh, basically it was difficult to listen to. I think that's what she was getting at. A lot of people have been saying that on Twitter, both through the highlights. Uh, if and you've got tweets, Carol's if you've got tweets, read them out, my thing. friend. Yeah, I'll have a quick look now. But yeah, everyone complaining whenever when we played the highlights and when we played the uh, Carol interview. Um, just having a look at some of them. Mark the taxi about the game said. FA Cup defeats happen, especially when it's Charlton. However, it's the nature of the defeat. Yet again, we were awful. Fry cannot motivate these players at all, and that is abundantly clear. He's got Williams on loan and plays Saar, who is out of his depth. Uh, just having a quick look through. Um, Tim Jackson says, George Monker's celebration was unnecessary and made things so much worse. He should have been booked, should have been reprimanded. Uh, yeah, I didn't get it. I, I really didn't understand it. I'd said it on the contrary. Yeah. That didn't make any sense, unless because he's been linked with us. Um, uh, as uh, Mr Moncur so unless we've actually knocked him back uh, you know he was thinking maybe a big money championship move and then we've said no maybe he's angry about that I don't know it just seemed a little strange to me yeah I saw it in the highlights it looked very aggressive which is a bit odd um, Marion says no highlights bad enough first time round <laughs> yeah sorry Marion by which I mean no insult to Louis and Terry so oh thank you bless you yeah, bless you for back. that um, she says she's got wine so hopefully that made things a little better <laughs> yeah I should have brought uh, some in <laughs> yeah, that might have been a good idea. Um, and let me just see. Oh, Saar. Uh, this is John Stern. Says Saar, he's the worst centre-half we've had since Elka Ledge. He makes me oh. think maybe I could get a game. Uh, Kevin Kraut says, blood pressure rising, listening to Carol Fry. 
Uh, so yeah, people not happy. No, I can imagine. Uh, well, we'll try and lighten the mood a bit later on. I mean, if you've got any um, any decent cup stories, any cup exploits that you've uh, that, that might raise the tone a bit, please let us know. Uh, best and worst cup moments, if you like. Um, uh, obviously, if there is anybody out there that w- went to the forty seven cup final, great. But I don't suspect there'll be too many listening to us. You never know. Uh, so if you've got anything that can uh, might raise a smile a bit uh, in the second half, then then we'll welcome them. Thank you very much. I might even go through the state. I, sh- I actually have got a, a bit of a quiz question, which. Uh, which we'll we'll deal with in the second half. So I was looking through all our cup exploits from 1923 when we first really started, um, when we got allowed to uh, enter the FA Cup. I think um, we um, that particular year we went on a on a cup run and uh, uh, were knocked out. Um, uh, we uh, I think we beat um, uh, we beat Man City. I think uh, in the running it was uh, it was quite a big to do at the time. But anyway, we've uh, we've done this on several occasions. We've done this on on some occasions, and I want you to tell us tell me how many how many times have we been knocked out by the eventual winners? Uh, we've actually done it uh, at two of those times. I'll give you that. I've been fairly significant issues. So if you know the answer to that, uh, without uh, I mean, it'll take you a while. It took me the best part of uh, four days to, to get all this <laughs> together. So I don't suspect uh, it's something you can Wikipedia very quickly. So if you know it, or, or just guess it if you like, and I'll, uh, I'll give you the details later. How many times have we been knocked out by the eventual winners? Not finalists, winners. And us losing in the final doesn't count, as Tom tried to sneak <laughs> one in earlier on. Um, so uh, that'll do. Uh, the, the other thing that um, I wanted to... Uh, for me, sort of summed up our current situation um, yesterday is uh, obviously Jordan Cousins another another injury, uh, and he did look in in a bit of pain. Uh, the lad. Um, there's one issue with that in terms of a, a, a mix of, of player. Do you think you know because uh, Jordan Cousins likes to play uh, his best? I think his best when he's sitting in front of the back four and allow. Yeah. Um, but that's Poyer's position as well. So uh, can they play together? I'm not so sure actually because we seem to be missing a link yesterday. Between the midfield and the front four, uh, the front players. Um, so, because we had two players who were virtually side by side at the, most of the game, I think, and they were passing it to each other in the centre circle at one point, which is not what you want to see. I think if you've got someone like Sebaos or even Goodmanson in the sort of the number ten role, that might work. But without that, you're obviously struggling. But then the, the defence need the protection at the moment, don't they? Because well, that's the true. Is so poor, we need <laughs> as many people back there as we can. But what uh, what really summed up the situation for me is we got his injury and uh, he didn't want to go down. It took him an age to actually yeah. just go down, and we're, we're urging him just to fall on the floor. You're obviously injured. But he was captain for the day, uh, which was great for him, of course. But as he was coming off, he was obviously got, he had he realised he had to take the armband off. Nobody had any idea who was going to take the armband. And I mean nobody. I mean, there was no instruction coming from the side. There was nobody on the pitch that were running to him to take the armband off. So basically, he gave it to the nearest bloke that was to him, and that was Morgan Fox. And that, if anything, for me, that sums us up in a minute. Yeah, it just shows the sort of mess that we're in, really, because the the worrying thing is that no one was prepared to step up and go over there and take it either. There's no leadership, and that that comes from the top. And we've said that time and time again on the show that Obviously, the ownership is a bit all over the place with the with the protests and everything. You've got Carroll on the sidelines that we're not sure how much faith the players are putting in him at the moment. And then on the pitch, we, we keep talking about Jackson as, as this influential leader that we've got. And to have to rely on someone at his age and at his stage in his career is just not fair. And two years ago, we were looking at him as coming on as a sub and people were saying that his legs had gone and that he wasn't the future of this club anymore and now we're suddenly turning to Jackson as the one hope we've got especially as a leader maybe not in terms of a ball player midfielder and like you say he's not there Solly's not there Cousins you would think is the next person to step up but below that there's there's nothing nothing across the squad indeed not and uh, and so therefore 
you, you'd, you'd say we've got to buy it or we've got to bring it in somehow. And you know, I don't mind Diego Poy. I think he's a good player. Um, is he the answer that we that we need? Uh, Roger Johnson, I thought was okay when he was here first time around. Is he the answer? Not so sure. Uh, I think Williams looks a, a half decent player actually, but he's only here twenty eight days, isn't he? So um, mm. that's that's not going to help us after that. So surely you'd think the recruitment hasn't finished. You have to hope not. I mean, they're quick signings, like we've talked about before. We know, obviously, Poye and Johnson have been here before, but to me, they're quick signings. We knew they're available. We knew their experience, and we've got them in to try and get us a couple of wins and, and start to push us up the league. But unless we're buying more, then that's not going to be good enough. I can't see us staying up with the squad we've got at the moment. Should mention as well, coming up, uh, we'll probably do this just about 8 o'clock, I think, or just after 8 when we finished. Uh, uh, well, no, it won't be finished, actually. But um, a certain uh, Seb Lewis uh, was at uh, the Culture Game yesterday. It was his 850th unbroken visit to watch Charlton. And uh, what, a, what a record that is. And uh, so we are, we're honouring Seb Lewis at some point uh, just he after 8 o'clock. Absolutely, he could have, he could have, probably could have played as well. Um, so we will be doing that, Seb, if you're listening, uh, a sterling effort. And uh, you wouldn't believe the trouble that we had to try and get him to, uh, to interview him and then uh, try and take a picture of him coming through the turnstile. Logistically, it was quite difficult, apparently. Uh, so we'll read through uh, the general emails now. I think um, you know we don't want to hop on on the game too much because it was so depressing. We couldn't get a player, they just didn't want to talk to us at all. Um, I've got to say, uh, I normally ask a few questions, and I'm not, uh, as, as people will, um, will no doubt be aware, I'm no Jeremy Paxman. I, I don't go for the throat, generally speaking. One, because I'm normally the one that's holding the microphone for the club uh, and doing it for the vid- their video, so I don't tend to um, be allowed, probably, to, to ask too many uh, uh, questions that might uh, that might get me thrown out. So, um, But yesterday, I just couldn't be bothered. I mean, to be fair, the BBC guy had covered most of them anyway, and then uh, Louis pipped him with, with a couple that, uh, that I may have asked, but after that I just... Uh, and they sort of whisked Carol Fry away quite quickly. Uh, and as um, I think other people, a reporter uh, reported yesterday, uh, went to a, a darkened room uh, with, uh, with, with the, uh, the powers that be, and he was there for a good hour before uh, leaving. Not through a side entrance, it wasn't. I watched them go out. It was through the main door. Um, uh, but and in a minibus because the players, the players coach had already <laughs> left. Uh, so who knows what that was about? But then we hear today uh, a rumour um, of a certain Mr. Riga, and that might show shed a bit of light on it. We'll come to that uh, in, uh, very shortly. But uh, reading the rest of your emails now, um, I'm going to read this one first actually uh, because uh, an email came in after last week's show. Um, and uh, if you remember, the, it was all about, well, not all about, but there was a, quite a bit about the protests and uh, because it was, uh, it was so well attended. Um, and so Louis was outside and he, he actually asked people to say, come to me if you don't really agree uh, with the protest um, and come talk to me and we'll, so we can have a bit of a balance. And, and he didn't get anybody, but somebody did get in touch with him and say, <coughs> look, um, I wanted to come, but I couldn't. Uh, but, and he sent an email instead. And so Bob Wallace, just for a little bit of... Um, uh, a balance, I suppose, if you like, but a view from uh, a slightly different view from from quite a number of others. So uh, this is from Bob Wallace. Thank you, Bob. Uh, hi, Lewis. Here is the views of someone who's not protesting. Uh, I won't support a protest that is xenophobic, i.e., go away, Belgians. I believe strongly in the kick racism out of football campaign, and I don't see this as any different. I won't join a cause with people who are misogynistic. The abuse aimed at Catherine Mera has been appallingly sexist and shockingly abusive. People should be ashamed. I'm a fan and will always be a fan, but when I buy my season ticket or, sh- or a shirt or a pint, I become a customer as well as a fan. I don't have a problem with that, and I can't get my head around why other people do. 
I don't recognise this, my Cholton, that the protesters say they want back. Ever since Alan Kirby's left, successive ownerships and boards have made poor choices of manager. Les Reed, Ian Dowie, Pardew, Parkinson. There were not similar protesters who dropped down the divisions. I do think a manager with champions experience would be, an advan- uh, would be advantageous now, but it didn't help. Dowie, Pardew and Parkinson and Sir Chris Powell was not exactly an experienced manager. Foreign ownership is not by definition bad. For instance, Bournemouth, Leicester and Watford. Foreign managers are not necessarily bad, e.g. Middlesbrough and Sheffield Wednesday. Post-Kirbishly, the club has been badly managed financially. We've been within touching distance of administration on at least two occasions. I do think Charlton should try and operate within its means and not run up debt that will leave us facing ruin, like Bolton. People should remember that Peter Varney brokered the deal with Slater and Jimenez that virtually left us bankrupt. Investment in the playing surface and the train ground was desperately needed. I've been enormously frustrated over the past eight years when we have uh, dragged in the likes of Gary Doherty and Andy Gray rather than bringing on academy players. Young players have always left with only a few exceptions, uh, with only a few appearances. Carl Jenkinson, Harry Arter. But at least now more of them are getting their chance in the first team. This will improve the academy in the long run because young players will see they can get their opportunity if they're good enough. The last three months have been painful, but that's what I expect at Charlton. Telling the owner to go away is neither practical nor viable. The players on the pitch need support and the management... Management needs to be able to focus on getting us away from the relegation zone. And that's from Bob. Regards, Bob. So there's an alternative view from many, in fact, most that we've had. And I thank Bob for that because uh, it's, it's obviously something he believes in. And some of the points I get, actually, I don't necessarily agree with all of it. And, and in the same way as I don't necessarily agree with all of the anti-brigade either. So a very nice email to have. And if you've got any thoughts on Bob's, uh, Bob's email, please send them in. It's, it's nice to have uh, views from everybody. Uh, but we move on. Uh, Paul Griffiths has emailed us in. Thank you, Paul. Hello, gang. Just a quick email this week. The situation goes from very bad to even worse. Yesterday, surely this, this has to be the final straw for the interim one. He has to go, and quickly. To me, he's lost the players and the fans, but for some reason, not the owners. Was the stories on social media about the interim one and KM leaving via a side exit in the kit man's minibus true? Can't see how this can improve without change. All the best, Paul. Uh, well, as I mentioned before, it's not, not strictly. No, there, there were bits of it, bits of truth about it. It wasn't, uh, it was a minibus. I don't know if it was a kit man's actually. It was a minibus. I don't know <laughs> whose minibus it was. It was a Charlton minibus, for sure. Whether it was to, uh, to drive the support. Uh, team backwards and forwards to, uh, from the hotel. I have no idea. I'll I get... think the fact that we've been able to legitimately make that into a claim where they've been bundled into the back of the kit man's car says a lot about the state of the club. <laughs> well, yes. Whether it's true or not, there was. A, so... I've got to be honest. There was a fantastic picture on Twitter about uh, it was somebody who photoshopped Carl uh, Fry inside the kit. Uh, the kit trolley thing that they the, right. the big silver um, looks like a meal wagon thing uh, that was quite humorous uh, Aaron uh, Honan has, has emailed us in thank you Aaron the fact of the matter is no experienced manager worth their salt would accept the type of managerial role at Charlton after Riga look at the ages and experience of the managers clearly the regime want a puppet who will work with what they're given and blood enough young players so we can sell them on the problem for De Chatelet and Mayer is that they're now raining out of Belgium Stooges I don't believe the owner is looking to make money here, but uh, he is exper- experimenting with the very future of this club. He should be brought to a smaller club. He should have brought, sorry, a smaller club. His model uh, and Charlton Athletics simply do not suit. That's from Aaron. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, Zach, uh, Zach Dogliani is as uh, said. Hi, guys. Wow. I'm almost lost for words after yesterday. For a nearly full-strength lineup to be outclassed by s- the second-worst team in League One is embarrassing. I wouldn't mind so much if our league form wasn't so bad, but it's just been pathetic. Surely De Chatelet, Mayor and Fry can't seriously carry on much longer. The sooner a new owner, CEO and manager come in, the better. We need change. And uh, Robin Lisbon. Uh, thank you, Robin, has emailed us in. So here we all are, feeling pretty much at rock bottom. Angry, frustrated and desperate to know how to release Ardy's grip around our club's throat. 
Our laughable interim manager rightly so takes responsibility for losing to bottom of League One Colchester. On the bright side, in an, in an excellent post-match interview, Fry sounded extremely uncomfortable. If he had any integrity, he would walk, as should Mayor Murray and Peacock. Mayor and Fry clearly incompetent, therefore incapable of ever changing things, and in the fans' eyes, they now have no way back. So come on, Charlton fans, let's make sure they go. They must hate coming to the work every day and will collapse under more pressure. It is therefore important for fans and the media to pile on even more pressure. We can't do that by boycotting games. Instead, I believe we need to encourage fans to come out in force. If the remaining 10,000 fans don't turn the screw and force change, I fear the rapid fall-off in attendance and the continuation of arrogant and incompetent management could even see us struggling into League 2. Please, Charlton fans, let's get our Charlton back by applying the same brilliant protest campaign on the 23rd as we had at Forest, pre, during and post game, but this time with more fans and a louder voice. And let's have no let-up despite any good results until Ardy and the board are removed. On a final key note, how about we hear more from our own supporting celebrities? They need to come off the fence. They're either in the mayor camp or with the fans. They need to make their choice by the 23rd. Um, well, the only celebrity fan I think that comes regularly is, uh, is Jim, isn't it? Yeah. Jim Davison. Yeah. I, um, I, I don't. Uh, I think our celebrity fans tend to be fairly um, anonymous, mostly, <laughs> even when we're doing well. Um, the the um, before we go on to other emails, the the, the idea about uh, the fans boycott because that's been bandied around. Uh, are for the twenty third, it's the Blackburn game, isn't it? I think yeah. is the one that uh, the the people are talking about. Where do you sit on that? I mean, I'm 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 always always have been. Anti-boycotting. Uh, back in the eighties, there was talks of doing it as well, uh, and quite a few fans didn't. You know, prior to our disappearing to uh, to sell out park, it was uh, it was fairly depressing, and I was standing there with only four or five thousand other souls uh, sometimes. So uh, it happened before. I don't get it. I've got to be honest. Um, I don't know where you guys sit on that. I'm not a big boycott fan, to be honest with you. I don't really see what you know. What what does it do? It doesn't it doesn't affect you know whoever they're trying to get the point across to it doesn't really affect them um, you know especially if season ticket holders are boycott and they've already got the money anyway so yeah. I don't really see the point but. the state we're in the players need us now more than any time really I think the protests before the game and after the game have been handled excellently but I think for those 90 minutes we need to be in here and need to be supporting the players myself but it's a point of view isn't it it's obviously an opinion but that's the way I feel and I've got a season ticket but I'll, I'll keep coming and keep supporting that team while I can yeah I think I, don't know. I think for me um and everybody's got their own personal reasons for that. And, and by the way, I'm not saying you shouldn't. If you feel if you feel that strongly that you should, then oh, then of course you should. Yeah. Uh, in the same way as if you feel strongly enough to protest, of course you should. That's exactly what you should be doing. Uh, it's just for me. I'd, and again, I don't know if my situation is different than anybody else's. I, I think probably not uh, for many. But you know, coming to Charlton is part of who I am, actually. You know, and uh, and that's why the whole customer thing. I mean, I don't mind the customer. I don't I don't get quite as upset about being called a customer as, as a few other people's because ultimately I probably am. Um, but not understanding exactly what makes me a Charlton fan, or and many of us, most of us, and if not for all of us, Charlton fans, is the fact that it's part of us. You know, coming to this place, we wouldn't have fought for as long as we fought, uh, and I'll say we, the Royal Week, because obviously there were other people who were instrumental in it, um, to get back to this place, if it wasn't part of the fabric of what we are and, and what makes us Charlton fans. So um, you can't ignore that. You can't, and and I'm hoping that that's a lesson that will be learned relatively quickly. I said it to Louis, I think, off air on Thursday that it doesn't matter what the results are, how we play, who the regime is. I wake up on a Saturday morning when we're at home and I still want to come down here and I still look forward to getting in the ground. And that I can't see that ever changing. And that's, I guess, like you say there, that's what's so frustrating that that's, that's almost the bit they don't quite seem to understand or comprehend. I want them to understand it, but not abuse it. Yeah. 
Yeah. I want any whoever's in charge, and that that could be anybody. And, yeah. and you know, whoever's in charge here needs to understand what we are, but not abuse what we are to to to, to, to you know take the Mickey to say, well, they'll turn up regardless because that's. Uh, uh, the, the other thing about the boycott is, um, I, I think the whole talk about hitting people in the pocket is entirely pointless mm. uh, because it's going to make no difference whatsoever, in my opinion, anyway. Uh, Dan Briordi's emailed us in as well. Uh, hello, what is this full story on Tony Watt? I just feel we are letting some real quality leave with a whimper. Um, right, anybody? <laughs> I'm not sure I know. I've heard nothing since no. since when? November? Uh, no, December it was, when I heard that he was going to go and the rumour was it was a million. Since the window's opened, I haven't heard anything. I think, and and that's... I mean, I don't know because I'm. Uh, I'd heard plenty of stories and people flying rumours about. So you you end up not knowing what's uh, a genuine rumour or not. It's just something's just been picked up off the floor, or from the Daily Mirror, which is pretty much the same thing. Um, <laughs> if uh, you know, but I'm I'm like you, Tom. I think if he's if he was going to go in the window, then surely it would have happened by now, wouldn't it? I mean, they would have um, they would have done the deal pretty much straight away if it was going to happen, uh, which is um, making me feel that maybe it's not. Yeah, that's what I'm confused about as well. You would think he's already there. He seems to be happy there. They seem to be happy with him. If they're not getting that deal done, you've, you've got to ask why. I mean, are we looking at getting someone else in? And if we can't, are we getting him back? Is it something like that? But And this is a monetary thing, of yeah, course, in the same yeah. way that I've heard that the reason we haven't, because uh, we were after uh, bringing a certain Frenchman back, um, and the reason that stumbled is because Bournemouth want uh, serious money for him, and we don't want to pay serious money for him because I don't. I, did they buy him from us? Yeah. Or was yeah. it a free? No, he went. It went not for a lot of money. But no, he, but he went. So, but money. they want significantly more than we. Um, but we got off them for him, which I think is bought, um, um, irking a few, which I, right. I can I can get actually. Uh, so that's the number. Now they've spent ten ten million on. Um, uh, Phobe. And his wages, by the way, he's not going to... Yeah. Uh, I heard a story about that, that Fobe was the highest paid championship player by far. Mm. He came, was it Arsenal he came from? I think. Pretty sure think they so. nicked him from Arsenal. Not nicked him. They took him from Arsenal Reserves. Right. Um, and he went on loan for a few times beforehand. And the reason nobody picked him up was because of his wages. Right. That's, I mean, that's, again, it's another rumour, isn't it? But yeah. uh, So 10 million plus whatever salary is on is serious money. serious money. Not, and uh, is he worth it, 10 million? Well, who is worth money, 10 million? That's a lot of money for a, for a... I mean, he's a good player, don't get me wrong, but... Look at Bournemouth. There's a lot of... It seems they'd be spending a lot of money at the moment, don't they? They, they are a, desperate to stay where they are, yeah. aren't they? Mm. Uh, and you can understand it up to a point. I'm not sure it's necessarily the right route, but um, no. time will tell, I suppose. But going back to, to, to Kermigan... Well, that uh, the fact that they've just spent ten million. I don't know whether that means they'll actually want money now for Jan Kermigan yeah. to to balance the books a little bit, or they're just thinking, right, well, let's just get him away because we're not going to use him. Well, he wasn't being played before, was he? When exactly. Got yeah. two strikers injured, and Murray and King were still getting ahead of him. So now they've got Murray, King, and Afobe. You're pretty much guaranteeing he's not even going to make the bench. So there is a rumour that Bristol City are sniffing. Yeah, there's two or three clubs I saw. I can't remember the others listed, but there was a fairly good source that I saw on Twitter earlier that mentioned four or five championship I think clubs. Sheffield Wednesday were one of them, yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, Adam Berry uh, has emailed us in about the support you see. There, there is talk of boycotting the Blackburn game, which uh, will not help the players, he says, and we need to turn the Valley into a fortress when we had Michael Glickstein as our owner. <laughs> Don't remind me, Adam. Uh, and we became a selling clubs. Lo- loads of supporters, including my parents, boycotted Charlton, and it was not encouraged... And it did not, sorry, it has not encouraged Michael from selling the club, so what difference will it make this time around? Let's get behind the team and show a huge protest before and after the game, but not during. Uh, that's Adam's view. And, and I'm, I'm of a similar, um, I'm, we, must, we might be of a similar age as well, actually, because uh, the whole Glickstein era, people ask me, is, um, 
you know, uh, how does this compare to, to, to back then in the Glickstein era? I, I, I still think then was much worse, honestly. <laughs> um, uh, and I suppose you had to go through it to know it. And, uh, but I just think, uh, the, actually, the similarities are fairly, uh, you know, quite stark. Actually, we had a, he, he was in Australia, I think, the, Michael Glickstein. So he also had no interest in football. He's, it, it was his uncle that was the real big Charlton fan. His dad wasn't really into it either, I don't think. Um, so uh, when he inherited the, the running of the club, I don't think he really had it in him uh, to, or, or was that bothered. And uh, was quite happy to see us uh, try and sell us off. And, and, uh, and uh, I think he was delighted when, when he um, heard that we were going to move to Sellers Park. He thought we could sell the ground. As it turns out, the council wouldn't let him, uh, which was great. I, th- I don't know if it's still the case, actually. I don't know if there's still that thing in the, uh, in the, in the books or the records or so that says this has got to be um, uh, land for recreation recreational land not building so uh, I don't know if the talk about Roland thinking oh we can move to another place and they can build on here I think there has to go through uh, several hoops before uh, I don't know if that's still the same that might have changed between then and now but that certainly was his problem then uh, but he also wouldn't spend money on the ground so when I think it was the Taylor report was it the Hillsborough after the Hillsborough yeah. disaster which meant we had to make everything safe or whether it was just a safety issue I can't remember now it's going back so far uh, but of course it needed a lot of money the east stand was crumbling uh, the covered end was falling apart the corrugation bits were dropping off uh, like you wouldn't believe um, the main stand as it was, was wasn't was great and, uh, and the Jimmy Seed was, was even less so uh, uh, it needed a hell of a lot of money spent on it, and he said, "Well, you know, um, I'm not spending any money on it." And then, of course, he sold the club rather than the ground. And then, when the Taylor report came in, when they said, uh, "I think it was something they need money for it," he said, "Well, it's not not my responsibility anymore; it's yours." And they didn't have the money either. And then the whole thing spiraled out of control. It was, and you know, coming up to the ground, uh, and the gates are locked, <laughs> and you're you're half an hour away from disappearing off the face of the planet. I, you know, I hopefully, we're no n- nowhere near that. Mm. Uh, and that I don't. That I think is why I'd say that we're not quite there, um, as bad as we were then. And the, but the same thing was happening, as, as Adam said. You know, fans were just not not turning up. They were disappearing in their droves. Is it? Um, I think I got very angry at the uh, supposed last game at the Valley, when uh, about ten thousand more turned up than had been turning up the previous uh, six months or whatever yeah. it was. Uh, and they were the ones probably digging up bits of the pitch to take home as souvenirs. I was I was I was angry that day. I stayed angry for seven years, funnily enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I don't quite think we're there yet. I mean, other people disagree, and, 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 and this is a point, and I don't, want to, I don't want it to sound like I'm saying, oh, it was much worse in my day, and uh, you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. Absolutely not. You, you know, back, back then, I was, I was an angrier person, and so I was doing all the screaming at the back of the West End and doing all the, the, the protesting and everything that goes with it. Um, but, but I did not come. Uh, and I've said to my son now, because he's now experiencing this yeah. for yeah. the first time really and he's got to, he's got to go where, he, where, where his art tells him if he if he doesn't and, and there's been times where he hasn't come and that's his choice i'm not going to make him come yeah. and people should do what they feel is right uh, and don't listen to old farts like me you just just do, do what's in your heart you've got to do it absolutely well, i was right. lucky enough not to be around for all of that with the uh, the move to sellers park and everything but i i get the feeling from reading about it and hearing people's stories about it that this isn't as bad as that but, like you say, this is the first time since I've been a Charlton fan where I've really felt that it's as difficult as it is. And certainly this is the hardest I've found it in a long time. And obviously we had that drop and all the way down to League One, but it, it never felt as tough to be a Charlton fan as it does at the moment. It's relative as well, isn't it? This is the toughest time for, for most Charlton fans because 
most of the people are about when I, when I was about when, and back in the, back as a kid are probably no longer here anymore. So the majority are probably of of Charlton fans wouldn't have experienced that. And this is the real first well, not first pain because we've had relegations before, but the first what they would perceive, I suppose, as a real crisis. Yeah. Um, and uh, they, they've got to deal with it the way they they have to. The other thing I think, uh, sort of touching back on, was it Bob who emailed in the anti-protest email? When you looked at when we were in the championship and we were chucking money at it, it just seemed we were on this slippery slope and there was nothing we could do about it, whatever happened. And here, with this ownership and with this money and with the strategy of blooding youngsters, there is hope and there's a pathway there to do really well. And that's why I'm finding it harder to accept because there is a pathway to do well and we're just not doing it. Do you it. think that's it? Do you think it is the frustration where if, if we had an owner that just didn't have a pot to pee in, it was absolutely strapless... Uh, and therefore we had to go down this route. Would people be more accepting of it than seeing somebody who clearly has got financial uh, support so. uh, yeah. and could do so much more? You, you bond in those situations. You all pull together in in that sort of adversity. But here you've got fans in that adversity, but they're battling against their own club. And we know the owner's got money. But from everything we hear from them, it's about selling youngsters on to, for their own profit. It's not about improving the team. And as I say, from... From my memory, I've you know I've been supporting since I was what six or seven, but it's only twenty odd years. But I don't really remember a time where we've, where certainly where I've known enough about the club to know that that was the strategy, and that's what that's what personally I'm finding so difficult, and that's what a lot of the voice seems to be. You know, we said at the start of the season we were talking about it off air, early chart and lives we were talking about this season when we were beating the likes of Hull and we were drawing away at Derby. We were looking at being certainly a top half side and the players were good enough and we were playing well enough and look where we are now compared to that and you've got to look at every decision they've made since then. We've not strengthened the squad, we've got rid of a manager and got in an interim who came from the Belgian third tier. It's those sort of reasons why we're where we are and uh, as I say at the moment the only way is down as far as I can see and that's what's so frustrating. Uh, Nicholas uh, thanks Nicola uh, hi guys yesterday's uh, result didn't come as a surprise to me any team that has won in about nine uh, that has won in about nine or ten games have only got to come up against us and uh, we always do them a favour it's happened for years even when we have better players than this bunch also it's obvious uh, he will reappoint Jose Riga he doesn't want to pay for a proven championship manager although Riga done okay last time round what's he going to do with this motley crew they just don't get that in the championship you need a decent manager and decent players to survive, let alone challenging in the top half. I think we have still got bad times ahead of us. That's from Nicola. Um, thanks, Nicola. Uh, Adam Berry's emailed us in. Uh, uh, sorry, beg your pardon. Stephen White has emailed us in. Uh, are you going to mention this? And it's the article about... Uh, and yes, we are, Stephen. We're going to get to that in a minute. First thing we're going to do is oh, I'm going to have a bit of a drink. Uh, and uh, so uh, we're going to be uh, gone for uh, not long, only about uh, 30, 40 seconds. Uh, we've also got uh, our interview with, uh, with Sebo coming up as well. Ball switched, however, this side to Jordan Cutters. Lovely ball. Can he take it in his strike? Comes he can. Back to Callum Harriet and takes the shot away, and it's in the corner! He got a slight deflection. Jordan but who cares? Lovely strike by Callum Harriet into the left hand corner left. Darlow, no chance at all, and Jordan 1 0 up. Charlton Live. Live, laugh and be happy. Which is tough, uh, but we'll do our best and we'll continue to do so. Um, and as uh, Stephen White said, are we going to discuss this? Uh, and he uh, and he put the link in, basically, for uh, the fact that uh, the South Island Press are saying that uh, Charlton Athletic are looking uh, ready to bring back Jose Riga. Uh, 
instant thoughts, boys? I mean, um, I, I, don't get me wrong. I, I liked Jojo when he came back last time. Um, him and Carol Fry were a good team. Uh, does this mean, and uh, say yesterday we saw that, that uh, the reports coming out that uh, there was a, a long discussion, a long meeting uh, with the board and, uh, and Carol Fry yesterday after yesterday's game, and many people were saying, is that then now, you know, are they giving him the heave-ho, what's happening? And they thought if they were going to do it, they'd be it, would have, it would have happened by now, we'd have heard. So is it that they're bringing in Jose Riga to work alongside him again? Um, you know, you can see that being a possibility, can't you? Um, I mean, with Riga, per my personal opinion, is I really, you know, I liked him. I thought he did a good job when he was here. Um, he had a good win rate. I mean, he wasn't here for the longest of spells, but while he was here, we had a, good, a decent win rate. I thought we were playing good football. Um, I'm not sure it's going to dampen any of the protests or anything like that because I don't think it really shows that you know the, the regime changing a policy. I think it's just everything's going to stay the same uh, in terms of that. But out of the you know during this period under this under this owner, I think Riga's probably been the best of the bunch. Um, so I mean, I'd, I'd be happy with it. It can't be. It can only improve what we're going through at the moment. I think personally. I think, uh, as I said earlier, I think it's the best we're going to get under Roland. But what I don't understand is we obviously, when he first took over the club, we had, uh, for, you know, a club legend in charge. We had a, an up and coming squad, and as owners do, he chose to get rid of him and bring in his own guy, which you know is fair enough. And to bring in someone like Riga, he had a tough job on his hands, and he's managed to win the fans round. He managed to get us out of trouble. And he pretty much won us all. Well, a lot of a lot of people round, and then he got rid of him. And it's that uh, there's been a lot of decisions that I would say have been the wrong decisions since then. But that was the one that got me the most because he'd got his own guy in, and it would have been easy for us to turn on him. But we didn't. We stuck by him, and and he turned it around. And so that was so frustrating to see him go. Should he come back? I don't know. But like I say, it can't get. It's the best we're going to get, and. You would hope that that previous experience might get the fans on side inside the ground. Like uh, Lewis says, I don't think it's necessarily going to change things outside the ground. People are still unhappy with the ownership, but I think we could do a lot worse than Riga for sure. <clears throat> yeah, and it, it's I don't quite get it. But, but uh, firstly, how, if uh, if Jose Riga is coming back, and we, of course we don't know that for sure, so it's just a rumour that's appeared in certain London press. Although Rich is normally on the money. Um, what does that? What, how does Carol Fry? If he's not getting, if he's not being removed, does that mean Carol will accept being underneath Jose Riga again? I, I don't know. If, how could that happen? I mean, as a, as a person, would he would he be able, would be happy with that? I'm not sure. Um, yeah, me personally, if I, if if I was Carol Fry, I'd be I'd be. Well, I don't think I'd accept that. I think that's something. Um, I'd find it difficult. Yeah. I've got to be honest. It Definitely. basically means you're not good enough, so we're bringing this this fella in. But you can work underneath him. Um, I don't know. It's it, it's another strange one in a in a, in a catalogue of strange ones. Obviously, um, you, uh, you're sort of right, Tom. I think, in my opinion, where you say it's 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 better that you know it's one of the better options that we could have uh, that we could expect given past experiences. I'm not quite the same as some where I say you know when I think people have uh, and, and in this I agree with um, uh, the email that um, Bob Wallace sent in that. I don't. I don't necessarily hold with it. it's got to be a, a man with championship experience, or it's got to be it's got to be an English manager who's played in the championship. Whereas I don't get that necessarily. I don't necessarily believe it either because there are so many examples of it. Um, uh, foreign coaches coming in and, and hitting the ground running. It's happened at Middlesbrough. It's happened at uh, Watford. Um, so 
I, I just think we need a good one, regardless of where they're from, regardless of the exp- and the experience as well, because Chris Powell certainly didn't have any manager. Of course, he played in it, which helps, I suppose. Um, but we've had people with championship experience, and they've been awful. So um, I, I just think we need a good setup. We need a good coach. We need a good uh, uh, scout. We need uh, we need to bring good players in. We need we need the setup working properly, regardless of of who is actually then at the helm. If they're good enough, great. I've got no problem with it being uh, somebody from a network or wherever, as long as it works. And, and you're right, it did work under, under Jose Riga the first time around. Arguably, did we have better players then, though? Yeah, well, that's the thing. The big test he had that first time around was getting the fans on side, because obviously I'd just seen Chris Powell, who'd done so much for the club to get us back on our feet at leave. And this time, the real challenge he's got is picking up these players, because squad's threadbare, and obviously confidence is is so low at the moment across the whole club so he's coming into a different challenge but I don't know I've just I had a good feeling about him when he came in last time and he did alright and you know I, I personally I'd like to see him back but as I say without strengthening the squad for the rest of this month I think whoever you get in is going to have a tough job on their hands because the squad at the moment is just not good enough and they're not playing well enough uh, that's a fact. I mean, the, the heads dropping and uh, and the, the, just the gait of of the players yesterday at mm. Culture Day. You must have seen this, Lewis. Was yeah. uh, was there for it to see and, and the, them trudging off at the end was uh, well, it's just soul destroying. Well, we said yeah. at MK Dons, didn't we, when we did yeah. commentary at the, the full time whistle, they all dropped to their knees like it was over and they'd accepted relegation. You see it when we go a goal down in every game, the heads drop and we never look like getting back into it. It's the same thing game after game, and that's the real challenge that. Luzon clearly wasn't able to turn around. Carroll arguably hasn't been able to do it either. Will Riga be able to do it? I don't know. But I think we've had a little bit more about us in recent <clears throat> weeks. Uh, a little bit. The, the, you know, it looked like something was beginning to change. Forest, for example. We obviously went a goal down and picked ourselves up. And the second half of Forest was arguably the most encouraging it's been over the last sort of four or five weeks. We're clutching yeah. the straws on yeah, it. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not sure it's enough. <laughs> okay. Uh, Nigel uh, Pemmett has uh, emailed us in. Thank you, Nigel. Dear guys, uh, this regime considers us enemies. Uh, they treat us with contempt, and we are in a war against Catherine Mayer and Roland de Chatelet, Carol Fry, his nameless assistant, and Richard Murray. Uh, they now want to wheel in Jose Riga after saying Fry's uh, masterminded our work when Riga was manager. How can Riga return in charge when the regime think that it was really Carol Fry who saved us before? George Orwell's 1984 tells us of the concept of doublethink. When even when Big Brother is demonstrably wrong, it is the duty of the citizen to think about it long enough to make Big Brother right. This regime expects us to undertake mental gymnastics until we believe they are right. As I've said, we are in a war, and there are a lot of us prepared to fight and fight a dirty campaign until these laundry basket lovers depart. I've invested well over 50 years in this club, and I've been an active supporter during that time. I've kept all my season ticket books that stretch back in an unbroken chain to 1971, and I was supporting since 1963. I'm not prepared to support a club where Catherine has clearly and expressly said our role is to develop young players to then sell on to the Premier League. So when folk say things like, don't boycott because it won't help the players, well, I say, do boycott, don't help the players. It may be the case that this, the only thing we have left to do to get at this regime is to actively undermine the players quite deliberately. What else do we have left? I won't go down with a whimper. If we're going to die as a club, we are, we are, as we are, then we ought to die with a bang and cause as much collateral damage as possible in the process. And that's Nigel of Lee. Strong words. Strong words indeed. Some I agree with, some I don't, uh, uh, as you would expect. Um, but uh, that's his thoughts, and, uh, and, he's, and, and he's right to express them. Because, uh, and, and he's not alone. Uh, clearly not alone. 
uh, as, as a lot of people are, are saying the same sort of things. Um, later, we've got it. Uh, what have we got left? We've got about uh, 25 minutes uh, of the show left. Thanks for all your contributions. Keep them coming. I don't know if we've any more tweets uh, in. Um... I don't know. My phone's died now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll check them. I'll check them. Don't worry. Um, but we've also got to hear from. Actually, we'll do this now. I'll check the tweets while we, uh, we listen to uh, uh, one club legend um, because uh, it was his 850th game, uh, which deserves applause, I think, by the way. Uh, 850 unbroken. Uh, visits to, to watch Charlton I mean <laughs> he's seen some stuff so um, it's it's time we honoured uh, the one and only Seb Lewis so Seb Lewis 850 consecutive Charlton games today how does that make you feel yeah I'm pleased with it obviously I didn't set out to do it right at the start but here I am yeah, I guess you never thought you'd make it this, this far without missing a single game no, no not at all I didn't think of it at all yeah. it was so, such a long time ago I started it yeah. What was the last game that you missed? It was uh, Stoke away in 97-98. It was, I think, Charlton 1-2-1, we 1-2-1. That was Sasha, Sasha Illich's debut that day. Oh, wow. And uh, what would you say, in all that time, what would you say is your favourite game? Apart from the playoff final, winning 4-2 at Arsenal. Yeah, excellent. And what's your least favourite game in all that time? Uh, maybe a couple. Uh, Northwich Victoria and uh, later that season... Uh, getting a heavy defeat at that place where we've got a goat pass every time we go to London Bridge. <laughs> the place that cannot be named. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in all that time, what's the closest you've come to missing a game? Uh, probably Orient away in that, fir- in that same season because I lost my ticket and I had to sit in the home end. Oh. But I didn't make a very good job of keeping my emotions in touch there. <laughs> And you, there's never, you've never been ill or anything? Have you, have you had to battle through illness to go to games before? Yeah, quite a few times. Yeah, that same season, drilling them at home, I'd had food poisoning and I had to... I was feeling really unwell the whole game and then went straight home to bed after the game. Yeah. Uh, why, why do you never want to miss a game? What is it inside you that makes you want to go to every single one? Yeah, just supporting the team, really. Um, there's no real reason. I've been supporting the team. Obviously, it was something I, I, I wanted to do once: is get go to all the games in one season. But it's still, I'm still going and going and going. And, and uh, finally, obviously, you're now synonymous with the worm. Uh, it's sort of, uh, it's, it's one of the most Charlton things. If you're a proper Charlton fan, everyone knows about Seb Lewis doing the worm. How, how, how would you say that started? Well, I think I saw various boy bands doing it, and then just did it for a few mates on a train back from a JPT game once and they got me to do it again and the next time I think it was in front of a lot of fans and then it, it's just caught on from there really caught yeah. us on from there really well, so if I'd just say congratulations 850 games here's to making it to 1000 okay, cheers thanks a lot uh, Louis Eamon is uh, interviewing the legend that is Seb Lewis. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty good going. Isn't it? And, and the worm as well, don't forget. I mean, uh, we, we can't forget the worm. I don't know if he did it yesterday. Did, did we, was it in uh, attendance? I didn't hear it. No, uh, no chanted yesterday. Uh, but uh, well done, Seb. It's, uh, it's a sterling effort. And uh, I think, I, I, I heard them say it, I might have missed it as, uh, as I went for a toilet break or something, but I think they were going to mention it on uh, on the Colchester Tannoy system as well that he was making. Uh, and um, yeah, backbone of the club and all that. That's a superb effort. Well done, Seb. Appreciate, um, really appreciate appreciate that, uh, that you gave us time to interview I think there's going to be a, a mention in the programme as well in, in the coming games CFC official mentioned it on Twitter yesterday. oh they did oh good yeah. splendid news um, now uh, there were a couple of things just during yesterday's commentary we, um, uh, that I couldn't get to uh, because uh, because uh, it's really they give you a, um, an, e- um, a, an internet access when you're in the press room which is fantastic of course and you can uh, um, 
pull up everybody's pre-match emails and everything's great. And then you go up to uh, the gantry or wherever you're commentating from, and the email just seems to disappear. <laughs> and pretty much every club, it's the same sort of thing. Uh, especially, you know, with all due respect to close, uh, Colchester, when you get slightly further down the league. So uh, uh, um, it's difficult to try and keep in touch. But um, uh, <laughs> Fred Davidson, uh, who's uh, Jim's son, I think, uh, uh, sent us a, a tweet saying, can you put some music on or something, please, <laughs> instead of listening to the uh, commentary, which I'm sure is probably about us rather than uh, the, the scoreline. Uh, and then um, when, when he scored, it was, uh, we still need one more, and it was... And then, <laughs> and then somebody put, no, I'll just give it a miss then, thanks. That was Gage. Uh, there's lots of uh, tweets been flying in. I'm just trying to pick out where you left off, uh, Tom, to be honest. Um, and, uh, but if I've, so if I duplicate any, um, then, uh, then I apologise. There's quite a few floating around about Riga that I saw. Yeah. Um, Peter Pierce wants to know, is this the worst season of the 21st century? Uh, which is possible. Um, Marion says, I wasn't around for moving away from the Valley, so I'm not sure I can judge. Worst I've known for sure. Um, so uh, that's since 2000 is what uh, Peter Pierce has said uh, in response. Uh, Billy Hendricks um, tweets us in, nothing will improve until Roland goes, simple as that. Uh, Peter Finch, uh, as even assumed, previous relegation from Championship was pretty awful. Uh, Sue then, uh, Sue from this uh, very show as well again, uh, not sure why we took Roger off instead of Naby, do you? Uh, no, although we did take Roger off eventually, didn't we? Did, uh, did, um, oh, no, we took Roger off and not Nebby. No, I can't, I mean, that's because Roger hasn't, I mean, he's only been playing say, in India, isn't he? So maybe yeah, he, hasn't, yeah. uh, he hasn't had enough playing time, I don't know. Match fitness. Possibly. Um, and uh, Peter Pearson, I thought there was a bit of a fight back, um, Nottingham Forest game, thought we turned a corner, uh, and then a sad face, so, um, which obviously didn't last. Uh, maybe they thought Saar couldn't get any worse, couldn't trap a bag of cement. <laughs> that's from John Stern. Thank you, John. Um... Then uh, we've got Paul Stevens. What really got my back up was a number of fans actually getting Fry's autograph after the game. <laughs> it's mental. Uh, I didn't see that. I, I'm assuming I, I didn't see that at all, did they? Um, bizarre. Uh, blood pressure rising. Listen to Carol Fry's uh, post-match interview. Kevin Crouch. Sorry, Kevin, we had to do it. Um, the, uh, then there was, uh, I've got another email from Tim Jackson. Um, reports everywhere tonight that Riga's coming back. Personally, I think it's a step forward, not, but not far behind, not far forward enough. Uh, says Tim. Thank you, Tim. Um, John Stern's come back. Roger should never have been let go in the summer. Hopefully, Regan can pull us out of this mess. That's from John Stern again. Thank you. And uh, what does he mean about uh, steps forward? We haven't done that since Roland bought us. Uh, that's John Stern again. Uh, thank you, John. Um, I was just uh, I've just flashed up about 20, 20 spots because I've just had a flood more coming. Uh, Peter Pierce has said thanks for reading Bob's email. Nice to have a balance, and I agree with the sexist, racist critique he offers. Quite true. Um, and uh, Roscoe's email said, this Bob email it wasn't sent from Catherine's email account was it <laughs> 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 uh, and then John goes oh dear Bob Wallace um, was uh, John's response to that um, now Danny Courts have responded to my uh, question about the FA Cup he said we've uh, and he's right as well we've lost to the eventual winners in 61 and 94 and both of those teams have gone on to win the League and Cup double and that's right it was Tottenham in the first one and Manchester United in the second time but uh, that's two occasions but there are more occasions that we've actually lost to the eventual winners, if somebody wants to remember, or just guess, uh, and I'll fill you in a bit later on. Uh, Gavin Monk's email said, it just frustrates me so much that RD and KM cannot see what everyone else does. Uh, that can only mean they have some other motive, uh, according to Gavin. Richard Justin, the biggest mistake of the RD era was not appointing Riga. I hope he has a long contract. Uh, Nathan's uh, tweeted us, uh, tweet us in. I'm trying to, I'm, it's, uh, it needs to be bigger. Here we go. Uh, is Joe's, oh, he's done a poll. There's Nathan, Nathan from, okay. from this very show. Thanks, Nathan. Uh, is Joe Zariga the right man to take us out of this mess, was his poll. 
Uh, right, we've got yes, long term, 27%. Yes, end of season, 27%. No, experience needed, 31%. And undecided, 15%. So it's just slightly in the no campaign. So, uh, no, send us that again when you, uh, towards the end of the show. We'll get a, a proper reading. Uh, Steve Loveday, uh, as change will come if we all stick together, protest and embarrass RD and KM in media, including boycotts, if they get publicity for the cause. Um, Peter Pierce wants, can we have Ricardo Fuller back? He was quality. Uh, <laughs> you're just being silly now, aren't you? Um, Tony Watts not even playing on a bench. This is Wheeler. Tony Watts not even on the bench in the cup game with Cardiff playing right now. Is there anything to take from that? Um, probably not. Resting him for the league. Yeah, it doesn't well, we don't want him cup tied, do we? Yeah, it make no difference to us, is it? Uh, Chris Jones has seen it. Any news on George Tukadian being involved in the squad? Just as he was finding his form, he went on loan. Uh, did he? Find his form, I mean. I know he went on loan. I think he had two good games, didn't yeah. he? I, I, I actually didn't mind George. I, think okay, quite, I, uh, I thought, he, uh, given time, he could have probably got to speed in this league, I think. Uh, but uh, we didn't have that sort of time, I suppose. But uh, Lisbon, uh, Bob Wallace is uh, welcome. In his view, but his chant, uh, but his chant isn't one I see with the future. I guess Bob, as a customer, doesn't complain. Well, who knows? Um, but thanks, Lisbon. I, uh, Gavin Monk, I really can't see why Jan would want to come back. He was treated appallingly by the owner and CEO. By all accounts, he actually does. He's actually, Seems to. He, he, he's made noises that he wants to come back here. Yeah. So um, he obviously thinks uh, bygones be bygones and all that. Um, and uh, and plus, he, he probably just wants to play as well. I yeah. suppose. Uh, and he did, I think he's still got his place here as well. In uh, was it okay. Greenwich? I, I think. don't know where he is. I think. Don't don't quote me, but I think. Um, uh, London geezer, thanks, Mike. Uh, Riga returning. Don't be fooled by this cynical move. Uh, they think we're mugs. Um, hope, I hope you're wrong, Mike. By the way, uh, Lisbon. Question for you guys: Do you believe any manager or player worth taking would want to come to a club like ours in such a crisis? Tough one to answer that. That's a difficulty, isn't it? Obviously, um, assuming everyone has seen uh, Powell on Football on Five last weekend and they asked him if he would come back and he said possibly and you think well, everyone would have him back here but is he going to come back under this regime and do we want him back under this regime? Well he'd have to come back I mean, it, 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 I think when he meant possibly it's, it's like yeah if I can do it my way Yeah, exactly. which, is, which is how he did it the first time around And you've got to think if uh, people, like you said earlier Terry you're not so certain about needing championship experience but people like Pearson, for example, are they going to come in under a regime where they're reading about it now in the in the mainstream press and seeing how it's run? I, my, I don't know. My only answer to that would be um, look at Blackpool. Now, all right, Josie Riga went there straight after us and he left fairly quickly afterwards. But um, who was it? Who else? The, the ex Birmingham manager took it on. Um, uh, Lee Clark. Lee Clark. Yeah, he went there, and so some <laughs> successive managers have gone there, and their situation, I would argue, is, is probably much worse than ours. Uh, and yet they still attract a manager. Oh, so, and Lee Clark, you would say, would be a, a fairly decent appointment, wouldn't you? To, to be a football manager, I guess, he doesn't smile. You've got to back yourself, haven't you? That's the thing. So I suppose they're going to back themselves to be that that manager that turned Charlton around. And if you're getting paid, and yeah. you can see out of contract, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, with all the talk about Roger Johnson and uh, should we have signed him? Should we? He done a fantastic deal, getting 18 months out, yeah. didn't he? And that's <laughs> and, and that's what you do. I mean, that, that, you know, with all due respect. Um, we're all mercenaries at heart to a certain yeah. to a certain extent, and if you can get a, if you can think, well, hold on, I can give it a go there. I've got two choices here. I go there, I get a year's worth of. Uh, a, a, if I get a two-year contract and they've got to pay me up, whether I'm any good, you know, whether I do it or not, then I've got two years' money. Or I actually do turn it around. I'm held as a as a as a, as a hero. I get an extension to the contract. And then move to a bigger club anyway, so uh, it's it's a win-win. So and egos as well. I mean, yeah. y- you mentioned it just now, Tom. You know, your ego would uh, would say, yeah, of course I could do it. 
Absolutely. Because, you know, Carol Fry, with all due respect to Carol Fry, he believes he can do it. Of course he does. Well, yeah. he's not going to. Everybody says about asking him questions, do, <laughs> do you think you're right for the job? It's a stupid question. And it has got to be the worst question ever. Because <clears throat> what's he going to say? No, actually, you're right. I'm rubbish. Yeah. He's not. No, he's never going to say no, is he? He's not. Even if he believed it, he wouldn't say it. And, I, and he wouldn't believe it because he's got to think himself. And he's right. And his answer's sort of right. If I didn't believe I was good enough, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. Uh, because we're all that sort of um, uh, egotistical and uh, and um, probably what's the other word I'm looking for uh, deluded probably. <laughs> uh, you, you know, it, it's just the way it is. Um, Paul Bennett's emailed us, uh, sorry, tweeted us. If they do want to placate us, then bring back Powell and promise not to interfere in team selection or transfers, which is what we just mentioned. Actually, um, you'd love to see it happen. And by the way, how, how, how much of a Gentleman and uh, an all-round decent human being is Chris Powell, by the way. I mean, even even when he could, if he wanted to, he could have really had a swipe, couldn't he? In that interview, yeah, he could have really actually dug him out. But he just didn't. They, they even commented, didn't they, on the show? Um, the host it was just like, you can you can see how much he cares about Charlton. You can, you even can hear now, it in his voice. Yeah, yeah, you can hear it. Like even his voice, it breaks a little bit when he hears. You know, yeah. when he has to talk about the the state of the club, you can you can see it hurts him, and it doesn't have to hurt him because the way he was treated, he could just be like, well. That's, you know, they, yeah. They've done it themselves. Mm. I don't. I don't care. But he, he isn't like that. He, you can tell he, he sort of bleeds Charlton, and that's, you know, that, is that that's probably what we need right now is someone like him to come in and, and give the entire one of the club good, a lift. Yeah, one of the good things I've seen uh, from uh, certainly after the protest was the amount of um, ex-Charlton players and Charlton uh, uh, Chris Powell, as you say, just saying it's how sad it is that, that it's come to this, and uh, and hopefully everything gets sorted out, and, that, and that's nice to see. Did you see? Um, yeah. Was it Matt Fry? Yeah, said yeah, it yesterday, and obviously he wasn't here for a huge amount of time or anything. But Robbie Elliott did it today. Robbie yeah, today, Robbie Elliott yeah. did it today. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's good I think to see. It just shows. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Gavin Monk, uh, not been to the Valley for nearly two years since Chris Powell was sacked at the hands of this regime, and I won't return until they're gone. Uh, Kevin Craig, I think Regal will come in. Uh, thanks, Kevin. Uh, work alongside Fry. Uh, Fry possibly taking charge again next season. Uh, Peter Beers, we're bottom of the table when we lost to United, so Chris got the boot. Um, Gavin Monk, problem is, though, that another backroom team that Riga had then, i.e. Chris Powell's backroom team, are here now, which is a good point, um, which... Uh, which might be worth considering. The uh, the backroom team has changed considerably uh, since um, since Riga left. Yeah, I mean you lost Alex Dyer, didn't you? When uh, when Riga went, and then you've lost Damian Matthew when Luzon went as well. <laughs> we got Tim Jackson saying uh, is actually Tim Jackson is being sensible now, which uh, which I'm pleased to see. Tim, thank you. Uh, he said Tukadin is registered with the Romanian FA, and under the rules of international loans, he cannot come back to England till the summer. Uh, so Sue's just. <laughs> Tweeted in. Oh, so George is being paid to be an oldie now, and then uh, Tim Jackson. Unless he has sold us, uh, sold fully to us. Uh, unless he's, uh, I don't get that actually. Unless he's sold fully to Stow and then uh, sold back to us, which would take time and money. Oh, I get that now. So uh, mm. if we actually sold him and then bought him back, we could do it. Uh, oh no, never mind. Uh, and call me head chef Lee Clark. Please let that be an April Fool. Charmless, arrogant, bad mannered. No, 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 no. I wasn't being serious, by the way. Call uh, <laughs> me. Uh, honestly, I wasn't. I was. Uh, I was just using it as a as a very bad example, I suppose. But tongue in cheek, I promise you. Uh, those are the tweets for now. Well, um, I, I'll just see if there's any more emails uh, that have that have come in since we've been reading the tweets, which is entirely possible. Um, I will read out the the answer to the how many times we lost to the eventual winners in a second. I'm really disappointed because I went through so much so much background info for all that FA Cup yeah. I should have known better shouldn't I really because <laughs> I was I was reading through it and there was you know oh we got knocked out in the first round here. We, oh we actually got to as far as the third went, because in our early days of course we had to qualify so we had to go through the, the four preliminary rounds or whatever it was so getting through the third round was quite a regular occurrence and then occasionally uh, we ventured beyond that but then uh, of course when we got um, 
to a position where we started only appearing in the third round, things the wheels started to fall off and <laughs> a little bit. Uh, and I think the fifth round we got to uh, occasionally, until of course we then hit the final twice, which uh, which obviously is still our best ever uh, performances uh, in the FA Cup. And then after that, um, not so well. Fourth round mostly, third round regularly, uh, fifth round occasionally, but uh, other than that, uh, the odd sixth round appearance before uh, f- failing gloriously. Well, not so gloriously as it uh, turns out. We have got a few more emails. Uh, uh, Peter Finch's email is in. Thanks, Peter. Riga is the ideal choice to manage, but if he comes, he needs to be given a long term contract. That way, the players who are at the club buy into his methods. Much as I've always liked Carroll, he needs to go. Riga's an absolute gent and a decent coach, but the coach is not the main problem. The main problem is De Chatelet. With the club's policies, who honestly will want to sign for us on a permanent basis? The only players we are likely to get are Roger Johnson type signings. The way things are going, I look forward to Chris Eagle signing being announced anytime soon. Uh, David White. Thanks, David. Riga is a course and distance winner in the Championship, keeping us up from 24th place when we had played three games a week for six weeks. If Jose comes back, he must insist on an 18-month contract to prove to De Chatelet that he is in a powerful position and not rolling. Support the team, not the regime, says David. Mark Newbury, uh, who's the Gomez chef who I just uh, read his tweet out. Evening, guys. As you said, it's choice to protest or not, but trying to talk to the heads of the club has proven fruitless and we are now at a stage where only vocal protest will get some notice. I don't believe the protest is xenophobic, uh, a fear of uh, hatred of anything foreign. I have seen over half our team uh, I have seen uh, have you uh, seen that anyway? Uh, have you seen over half our team? Or misogynist, all I've heard is a lie in a minute, which seems pretty neutral apart from the fact that it starts with she. No mention of getting a woman out of a job because she's a woman. If she was Keith Mayer, the comments would still be the same. Bob is missing the point a little as the chant of Forest was support the team, not the regime, and uh, seems a bit short sighted over the fact that uh, the running of the club looks like a plate of spaghetti. You just can't see where the end is and covering it with a bit of sauce won't help. <laughs> he loves a bit, he lo- obviously, he loves, a, he loves a chef restaurant. References, Mark. Uh, thank you for that, Mark. Appreciate it. Uh, hi, Charlton Live. This is from Stephen Hearn. Having supported Charlton for 52 years, I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. I've never met you. Uh, with Charlton, I've always lived in hope. The current situation is no different. I hope we can pull some results together and climb the table. I hope we can get a manager or coach that can get the results as Carol Fry's way out of his depth. I hope all our supporters stay positive regarding our championship survival. Negativity breeds negativity. I will not boycott the Charlton game. Uh, the Blackburn game, beg your pardon. I will cheer them on as usual. My glass is always half full with Charlton. 1923, Charlton beat three first division teams before losing to Bolton, who of course went on to win the famous Wembley Cup final, Whitehorse, etc. That is correct. Uh, but, and it was the first one to ever be played at Wembley. Uh, so that's so you now know it's three, uh, but there's more. Uh, and the result will come shortly. Uh, Mattis Johnson, thanks, Mattis. Hi, guys. Uh, it's been depressing being a Charlton fan at the moment. Losing to Colchester and losing two good strikes, strikers. Lookman, any news on him and what? Can I meet you on Tuesday night when I come to Huddersfield? Uh, if we might have to play that by ear a little bit, uh, Matthias, email us or, or get in touch with us because it could be a little bit chaotic here against Huddersfield on Tuesday night. Um, up at up at Huddersfield on Tuesday night, depending on what happens over the next day or two. But uh, if we can, mate, then I've got no problem with that at all. It'd be myself and Louis, I think, uh, who are going up there. So uh, get in touch with us a bit closer to the time. We'll see what we can do, mate. Uh, but yeah, it depends on what is being announced over the next day or so. It could be a little bit frenzied. Uh, yeah, it's it's really uh, Len Parker has emailed us uh, where are we time wise we're uh, 24 minutes past so not long to go uh, I'm always pleased to hear your views and analysis uh, it frequently helps me understand some of the points I've missed a calm balanced view uh, based on experience that said I cannot believe De Chatelet will change his views he's not stupid he knows that supporters will continue to come through the turnstiles unhappy customers will take their customers, custom elsewhere supporters will not 
If no one turned up, then du Chatelet would have to rethink. Du Chatelet is, a remote, is, is remote from what is happening. He has Catherine Mayer to front up the management of the club and take the flak. If she can't cope, then, she'll get some, then he'll get someone else in. Easy done. Look at how many managers we've had. So my view is that to get a change, we must hit him in the balance sheet, something I suspect he will understand. So my inclination as a season holder is to boycott games until such time as things change. Ultimately, this will mean I do not renew my season ticket or buy tickets. Business must change if they do not have customers. And that's from Len. Um, yes, I, I, I get that point. Uh, I'm not entirely sure it'll make that much difference. I, I, look, if it works, <laughs> uh, I'll be the first one. I'll be the if, if that boycott happens... And it works. I'll, I'll admit I was wrong. Uh, I just can't see it myself. Um, one, especially this season, I think. One, because, uh, as Tom said, I think the, the season ticket money's in. Uh, so it's, it's yeah. going to have little effect other than what happens in the, um, in the concourses uh, and how many burgers you buy. But I can't see it being that huge. Catherine has already said on that um, ill-fated uh, Dublin uh, excursion that uh, the revenue for um, buying tickets is, is not irrelevant but not what they deem to be the the, the main purpose of the, uh, of the income of the club so I don't know if it'll have such an effect um, and when the guy's a billionaire uh, which I think he is or half a billionaire I'm not entirely sure which he's got a lot of money he's yeah. got a fair bit sure of cash he's, 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 he's a tad more than us I suspect so <laughs> is it going to and I get that he, he, he likes balance sheets and he understands balance sheets and, and the thing that I keep clinging to I suppose is that uh, he's a successful businessman uh, and so he's not a fool and therefore, if he's not a fool, then something's got to change. And I'm a bit like the previous, uh, I think it was um, Stephen who put in, uh, that uh, I'm clinging to that hope a little bit. Uh, and it might be a forlorn cling, but uh, that's where I am at the minute, I think. You've got, the, the only way you make money out of Charlton is in the Premier League as a club. And so that has to be, that has to be the end game. And obviously Murray came out with his statement in the week and said... That is the aim, to make us a financially stable club, but pushing for Premier League football. And it's all well and good to come out and say that's what they want, but they're still not telling us how they're going to do it. And the, the, it's obvious at the moment that how they are choosing to do it isn't working, because at the moment we're about to slide down to two divisions below that. You must get some oil for this chair. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I don't necessarily think that... Um, you know, I'm, not necess- I'm not really the sort of person that has to be told. To be shown, yes. Yeah. You know, to be to to have a belief that what's going on out there, I can buy into. Do you know what I mean? So I don't I don't have to, I don't really need them to come and tell me weekly, give me a weekly update as to how things are going. That, that doesn't bother me at all. Uh, but you've got to buy into what's going on outside uh, and what you're turning up to see. And uh, we haven't even got to. We probably won't have time now to mention uh, Huddersfield and Hull. What's coming up in the next two games? Which uh, Hull, <coughs> excuse me, is going to be a tough one. Huddersfield is an important one. It's massive. But, you know, given what we saw um, uh, on Saturday, you don't see us coming away with anything over the next two games, unfortunately. No. Now, yes, we'll have some different players in. It was good to see Johnny Jackson training prior to the game uh, and kicking the ball about and running freely. So hopefully he'll be back. Uh, we'll have uh, Tariq Holmes Dennis back from suspension. You know, maybe these, these are the sort of players. Uh, looks like Cousins out now. But as I say, we might be a bit of serendipity there with Poye in that role on his own. Uh, I, I think DR is still a couple of games away. It might help us 
uh, in that respect. Um, you'd hope that uh, Goodmanson's back. We're clinging. <laughs> We're clinging to stuff here, big time. <laughs> uh, the um, the FA Cup question that I sent you, I asked uh, just um, how many times Charlton had lost to the eventual winners. Uh, we've had a, a couple of correct answers in terms of uh, uh, three times it happened. The first being in 1923 when we lost to eventual winners uh, Bolton Wanderers. It also happened uh, in 1931 when we lost out to eventual winners uh, in the second round replay of the third round, uh, West Bromwich Albion. Uh, it, uh, it also happened, uh, I'm not going to, um, uh, uh, to uh, mention the, the, the cup final, they don't count, the 46 and 47, it just doesn't count, so I don't care, with it. I know we lost to Bolton, um, but lost to, in the final to Derby, but uh, that doesn't count. We did, however, lose to uh, Man United in 1948, um, we got to the fifth round, got beaten 2-0 by Man United, they won on to Blackpool. 2-0 in, uh, 4-2 in the final. We also lost to Wolverhampton Wanderers in 1960. Um, uh, 2-1 in the fourth round. They went on uh, to uh, to win the cup uh, in 1960, beating Blackburn 3-0. We then lost to uh, uh, Tottenham Hotspur uh, in 1961, uh, the following year, funnily enough. In the third round, they beat us 3-2, and they went on to um, win the double uh, that year. Uh, they beat uh, Leicester in the final and won the double. We also lost to West Ham United in 1964. They beat, they went on to beat Preston North End 3-2 in the final. Uh, I think that's the last time, actually, um, if uh, memory serves me right. Oh, no, the last time being Man United when they won the double, 1994, uh, when uh, Man United beat us 3-1. We took one nil lead with Cole Lieben, I'm pretty sure, uh, up there at Old Trafford in the sixth round. That was sixth round. We'd beaten Burnley 3-0. Uh, we'd taken Blackburn to the replay. Do you remember that? The famous um, uh, Darren Pitcher. Oh, no, you wouldn't remember it. Darren Pitcher scored a... Uh, I've got stories about that. Um, <laughs> uh, Bristol, we beat in a replay. 2-0 uh, back at our place. I, mean, uh, there's, I don't know if you've seen the Twitter rounds where there's a big crowd at Bristol, Ashton Gate, uh, in the open-end stand. It's, it's, it's been on Twitter a lot recently. Okay. That was when we, uh, we beat them. We beat them 2-0 here. Uh, and then lost to Man United 3-1 and uh, 1994 they went on then to beat Chelsea in the final and do the double as well so six times we've lost to the eventual winners Um, so we may not have an FA Cup history in terms of getting very far (laughs) but we've got a decent history in uh, allowing other teams to beat us and then go on and win it so we're sticking to that um Guys, thanks for, uh, for for listening. Thanks for all your contributions. We've run out of time. It's uh, It's gone 8.30. We've gone a bit over. Uh, but thanks for all your contributions. Join us again next week. I don't think I'm here next week, but Louis should be back. And uh, and anybody else who wants to come in from our team, I'm sure, will be here. Um, Huddersfield and Hull coming up. Um, either of you two uh, venturing in? Uh, no, you, uh, Louis, you said to, you're going, going to Hull. To Hull yeah. yeah. Um, I've not been to the whole, new Hull Stadium, so that'll be a new one for me. That's a new one for me as well. Uh, I will be there at Huddersfield, so if you are going to listen to Match Day Live, then uh, you're welcome to do so and join me. Um, but, uh, Tom, thanks for coming in. Cheers, Appreciate Karen. it. Uh, Thank you. Lewis, thanks for your. I hope it wasn't too painful, your first time out. <laughs> not too bad. And uh, thanks everybody for listening. Take care, everybody. This has been Charlton Live. I played this just at the back end of. Uh, of the FA Cup highlights, uh, if you can call them that. So I'm going to play it in its entirety now before we leave you. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Take care. Bye-bye.